This is an emergency weekend stream. You know, we only bring you emergency streams when it's real emergencies. This is an emergency. We've had the collapse of Silicon Valley Bank, and there's big concerns that that may cause a much bigger contagion, not only in banking, but also in tech, and then, of course, in crypto. And that contagion has already spread into crypto. And right now, we have USDC, which has been depegged. It's now trading at 0.91 to the to a dollar. Now, what we need to work out immediately is what to do if you're holding USDC. There are four options for people doing it. We're going to talk about the four options. We're also going to talk about the contagion and which other tokens and other companies and other crypto entities this can affect. And then we're going to talk about the macro um, uh, 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 contagion that could happen here. And what the best way to position yourself is, this is very serious. This is a banking contagion. It's a macro contagion. It's a crypto contagion. You need to know what you're doing, which is why I'm here bringing you a weekend stream. Otherwise, I'd never have left the kids on a Saturday, but let's do this, guys. We've got to get, if you're not out of bed, get out of bed. Get the fuck out of bed, bitch. Go. Wake up, bitch, get up. Get up, get up. Get up. up for the emergency weekend stream then when i say your name just let me know you're present uh joe are you here present uh josh are you here present amazing noel g if you're here let me know you're present sean if you're here let me know you're present gabriel let me know if you're here if you're here let me know you're present ron mcd if you're here let me know you're present lucifer if you're here let me know you're present Banter girl, if you're here, let me know you're present, darling, and give me a big smile. Uh, Arena, if you're if you're here, let me know you're present. We got a big show, lots of alpha here, lots of alpha here today on our emergency weekend stream. On this show, we are going to be discussing the collapse of Silicon Valley Bank. We're going to be discussing the implications, the contagion effect that could happen as a result. We're going to be discussing why SVB went down and what the effects can be and what may happen on Monday morning. We're also going to be discussing USDC what the collapse of USDC means. If you're holding USDC, what you should be doing um, right now. And there are four things that you should be doing. So listen, do me a favor. I came here on the weekend to do this. What I need you guys to do is just like this content. Um, and in the in the comments, just leave a little thank you because that, that tells the algorithm we're doing good work. Um, and let share this on Twitter. Let people know that we're live. This is an unscheduled stream and we want everybody to get this information. It's big information. I mean, when did you think that we were going to wake up to USDC, the regulated in the United States, the almighty regulated USDC be the one to depeg. I mean, if anything, the regulators try to defend us against the risks of BUSD or the risks of, of Tether. And here we are, we're dealing with the most regulated stablecoin issuer in the USA 
now trading at 91.5. We're going to talk about why that happened and wh what the contagion is. And there's a big contagion to uh, crypto that could happen as a result of this. So th that is what we're going to be talking about here. Um, if you're new to the channel, subscribe to our channel. We're here se seven days a week, as you can see, bring you love, bring you crypto love and crypto wisdom. All you need to do is just just go down below, be one of the 610,000 or whatever it is uh, that have joined the family. All right, let's get into the big show today and talk about, let's start off with um, Silver Silicon Valley Bank and the collapse of Silicon Valley Bank. It's a huge collapse and I'll show you why it's such a, a big collapse. If you think about, about it, Silicon Valley Bank was the 18th largest bank in the United States. It's not like a small bank. It's not like when when Signature Bank, uh, sorry, when um, Silvergate Bank went down, one of the other banks went down. This is the 18th largest bank in the United States. And it's a very, very, very important bank. It's a bank which was set up in Silicon Valley to fuel the American tech industry. It was a very innovative bank. It was a bank that did things that other banks wouldn't do because it really, really, really understood technology. And I'll give you an example of one of the things that this bank used to do. If you were a shareholder in a company and your company and your shares were illiquid, this bank were, would loan you money against your illiquid shares. So if you were an employee at Uber, for example, before Uber hit the markets and became liquid, they would loan you money against those with that, with that equity as collateral. That's just one, one example of what they did. It was really the lifeblood, the heart and soul of the US tech industry. And the collapse um, was a huge collapse. To show you how big this collapse was, this is a chart of banking collapse since 2001. And what you can see is if you look at the banking collapses, even in 2008, if you take all the banking collapses, this is the second biggest banking collapse since 2001. So taking into account the entire the entire um, uh, uh, um, 2008 financial crisis, this is the second biggest banking collapse. This bank, as I said to you, is not a small bank. It's the 16th or 18th biggest bank in the United States. And it services all the big funds and all the big VCs that service the tech industry in the United States. So people like Andreessen Horowitz, Bain Capital, they are all customers of this bank. Um, in, in Silicon Valley. So it's it's a pretty big deal. It's a pretty big deal. It's not a small bank like Silvergate Bank or one of the small banks that's going down. This is a, a really, really, really serious uh, bank. And it's caused repercussions. It's got major repercussions for tech and it's got major repercussions for crypto. Let's talk about the tech repercussions. Probably 80, 90% of the Silicon Valley tech companies keep their treasury in Silicon Valley Bank. At the end of the month, they're gonna need to pay salaries they can't pay salaries. I know people, people close to me, people actually in my family that worked hard for many years, like five years, six years, built an amazing business, sold his business, took the money from the proceeds of the business sell and put it into Silicon Valley Bank because that's the only bank that would bank crypto companies where he was living. And so now his entire treasury, all the money that he worked for is now locked up in this bank which is now closed down. Well, not closed down, but it's it's been it's suspended trading and it's gone into the hands of the FDIC. Here, Ryan Donnelly says his company uses uh, uses SVB. So there's a lot of serious, serious, serious implications to tech companies. And I think at the end of March, we're going to be in a situation where we're going to realize that the tech sector 
is going to be really hard hit because they're just simply not going to be able to pay employee salaries. They're not going to be able to 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 pay their their rents and stuff like that. Now that of course has caused big domino effects into crypto, but not only crypto on the crypto markets, but Bitcoin went down, um, Signature Bank went down, um, Riot went down. All there was a big contagion that went all the way into crypto. The truth is though that there were signs or anybody could have worked out that this bank was actually going insolvent or into liquidation. And the reality is that when you look at why this bank went down, it was pretty obvious. And you'll, when I show you why it went down, you'll realize that most banks are actually in the same position. And this could really be the beginning of a global banking meltdown, which is actually bigger than the 2008 banking meltdown. And this was actually caused by the Fed. And I'm going to go step by step today. We don't have really time pressures. So I'm going to go step by step and show you exactly what happened. It all happened around this chart here, which is what you call the net unrealized losses. Now, what is an unrealized loss? An unrealized loss is the same as if you, have a, a, if you buy a crypto and the crypto goes down and you say to yourself, well, it's not really a loss unless I sell. That's an unrealized loss because it's a loss, but then you always say, well, you know, it's not realized because it's not really a loss until and unless I actually sell this, right? That's what an unrealized loss is. And some smart people actually saw that this bank was carrying a lot of unrealized losses. One of the smartest people that saw this was Peter Thiel. Peter Thiel, renowned uh, venture capital investor, founder of PayPal with uh, Elon Musk, uh, big, big, big fund manager in Silicon Valley Bank. He realized that this was happening and he told his companies to withdraw their money from Silicon Valley Bank. He knew this was coming. Another person that knew this was coming was the president and CFO of Silicon Valley Bank, who sold millions of dollars worth of their shares just back days before the bank collapsed. So you can see here that the president and CFO of Silicon Valley Bank sold millions of dollars worth of the bank stock on the 1st of March. That's about one week before the bank started to collapse. I mean, I, I know it sounds crazy, but, but here we are. So let's talk about... Let's talk about why this happened. Let's talk about, let's break down for those people who don't know what happened to this bank. Let's break down why it happened. And then you'll realize that when I show you why this happened, you will realize that actually many, many, many banks are in the same position and you've got to start trading accordingly. So why did this happen? The reality is that this happened because of interest rates, because the Fed is increasing interest rates. So for me to break down what I mean, you need to understand what a treasury bill is. Okay. A treasury bill is essentially an IOU. Okay. And what happened here was the banks, the banks, the when you give an in, when you put money into the bank. So if you go to the bank and you deposit a million dollars, they need to put that million dollars to work, right? They need to invest that million dollars somewhere to earn interest. And they pay you less interest than they earn somewhere else, right? But what happens in periods where there's no interest? What happens in periods where the interest rates are zero, when the rates are low? Just like the period we had when the Fed reduced the rates during the COVID crisis. You'll remember when we were in the COVID crisis, interest rates went down to zero so that governments could stimulate the economy. Because when interest rates are at zero, people obviously lend a whole lot more money because they and, and, and invested, right? So what happened here was very simple. The government, 
the 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 government sorry the banks took your money and invested your money into t-bills the problem is that t-bills weren't actually giving any yield and i want to show you something a one-year t-bill is a bill or a bond that has a one-year maturity so if you buy it today you will get the the it will be redeemed by the u.s government in one year this is the the yields on a government table. So if you would have bought a government table in this period over here, which is anywhere from 15th of March, 2020, to this period over here, which is 18th of October, 2021, you would have earned a, under 0.2%, okay? So imagine that, that you're a bank and you're taking in a deposit and you've got to do something with the money you can invest that money into one-year government T-bills, but you're going to earn 0.2% for investing it into a one-year government T-bill. Doesn't sound like a very viable option. So what did they do? Well, they said, look, we can't invest in one-year T-bills. We can't invest in two-year T-bills. What we'll do is we'll go and try and find long-term T-bills, T-bills that expire in 10 years, and those may pay us a little bit more yield. So I went to the 10-year chart. This is the 10-year T-bill chart. And I went to the same period. And remember in that period, the one-year T-bill was giving between, here we go, it was giving between 0.2 and 0%. The 10-year T-bill, i.e. you would get your money back in 10 years, was giving about 0.8%, so 0.7%. So the bank said, hold on a second. What we're going to do is we're going to take a whole lot of money. Instead of investing it in one year and having the government pay us back in one year, we're going to invest it in 10-year T-bills because we're going to get 0.7%. And they locked up their money for 10 years. The problem is that now customers are saying, we want our money, and the bank's money is locked up for 10 years. So you say to yourself, okay, well, then why doesn't the bank just sell the T-bill? Problem is that interest rates have gone up. And when interest rates go up, bond values go down. And so if a bank bought a, a 10-year T-bill at 0.7%, they paid about $900,000 for that T-bill. Today, that same T-bill is only worth $650,000. And so if the bank is forced to sell the T-bill right now, it will eventually go into liquidation. So I, I wanted to show you this, and I, I, I built a little bit of a spreadsheet to show you guys how simple it actually is. So if I deposit a million dollars into the bank, Rand deposits $1 million into the bank, the bank buys $1 million in T-bills and they pay $900,000. And in 10 years, they're going to get a million dollars back. And the bank keeps $100,000 in cash just in case I want to ask for my money back. Okay, so far, so good. Simple, right? Problem is that the interest rate changed. The interest rate, I'll show you right now, the interest rate on a 10-year T-bill is 3.7%. At this time, the interest rate was about 0.7%. So when, when the interest rate is 3.7%, the bank owes me a million dollars because I deposited a million dollars. Let's forget about the interest for the purpose of this. They have $100,000 in cash. They need $900,000. Let's see what the price is of a 10-year T-bill. So let's go to... U.S. 10-year, 10-year government bonds today. 
Um, okay, wait, that's not going to work. Let me go back. Okay, let me let me actually show you what what a ten year T bill today is worth. So we'll go with a face value of a million dollars. Ten year T bill at three point seven percent. There's a calculator. It's worth six hundred ninety six thousand. So the ba- the value of the T bill is six hundred and ninety six thousand dollars. That means that the bank has hundred thousand dollars in cash and $696,000 in the T-bill, but they owe me $900,000. So they have a hole. How big is the hole? Well, they owe me a million. They have $100,000 in cash. The T-bill is worth $700,000. The bank has a hole of $204,000. So if they start selling selling the T-bill because I ask for my money back, every time they sell a million-dollar T-bill, they lose $204,000. And that sounds like, okay, $204,000, but you multiply that by billions of dollars, and you start realizing that the more the bank starts to sell, the more the bank is forced to sell T-bills, the more of a loss they're taking until eventually they can't take the loss anymore. And then the bank has to fold, which is exactly, exactly what happened to Silicon Valley Bank. So on Friday afternoon, the regulators swooped in and effectively they shut the bank. They shut the bank and they said, all right, from now on, this bank is in the hands of what we call the FDIC, which is a regulatory body in the United States that ensures the banking corporation. They shut it down. What they were worried about is they were worried about Silicon Valley Bank. But the truth is that the market started to worry about all the other banks. Look at this. This, this is the bloodbath that happened on all the other banks. Because what the market realized is that if Silicon Valley Bank did this thing, actually, all the banks probably did exactly the same thing. They were all looking for yield. They all went and bought those long 10-year yields at 0.7%. And what are those long 10-year yields worth today? Well, a whole lot less. So now there's a big fear of contagion. And the big question is, what's going to happen on Monday morning? Is the government going to step in on Monday morning to try and rescue this or to, to salvage us? David Sachs is asking the same question. He says, where's Powell? Where's Yellen? Stop this crisis now. Announce that all depositors will be safe. Place SVB with one of the top four banks. Do this on Monday morning before the market opens on Monday. Otherwise, there's going to be a huge contagion. The contagion is going to be a banking contagion because people are going to question their banks. And they're going to go to their banks and they're going to say, we want our money. And that's called a bank run because eventually the banks just won't be able to meet their current obligations. And eventually they'll all just close down. In 2008, the exact same thing happened, and the Fed had to bail out the banks and put more money into the economy. That's when this money printing started, and that's when Bitcoin was born. And now it's happening again. We've seen a few dominoes fall. We saw Silvergate Bank fall, and we said, oh, well, you know, that's just a crypto contagion. Now we're seeing a bigger bank fall, a bigger bank fall. The 16th biggest bank in the United States is falling. There's a huge contagion that could happen as soon as Monday morning. And the government is faced with a choice. Step in now and rescue the banks or risk a complete meltdown of not only the banks, but also the tech sector. Janet Yellen came out yesterday and she said, look, the banking system remains resilient. She's confident that the SBV regulators will take the appropriate action. And she has full confidence in the banking regulators. That's where we're at. So the the reason why this happened 
is because the Fed increased interest rates too quickly. And I, I, again, I want to just show you what happens when you increase interest rates very quickly. If you take a $1 million T-bill at 1%, okay, which is when the banks actually invested, that $1 million T-bill is valued at 900000 If you increase to, as we said, 3.7%, it's worth 625000 If you increase to 5%, that T-bill is worth 500000 So every time that Powell raises rates, he reduces the value of the T-bills that the banks are holding, making the banks almost insolvent. And so the market saw this. So on Friday, the probabilities of a 50 basis point rate hike, which was at 80%, now went to 60%, to, to 40%. And the probabilities of a 25 basis point rate hike also went up to, went up to 60%. So it looks like the market is saying when Powell wakes up on Monday morning, he's going to realize we did too much, too fast, too quickly. And I always said, I said, when the Fed will continue to increase interest rates until something breaks, now we have something breaking. The banks are breaking. If the banks break, the technology sector in the United States is going to break. If the technology sector in the United States is going to break, the lifeblood of the United States breaks. That is what's happening right now. And so the market is starting to price in less of an interest rate increase. And in fact, I think that we may not even get an interest rate increase because Powell's going to look and say, if we do, if we carry on like this, we're going to destroy the banks. There's only really one way out of this for the banks, for, for the Fed. And that is to lower interest rates and put more money into the economy. Otherwise, they risk a total banking collapse. We're, we're on the verge of a total, total, total banking collapse. You can see it. If they continue to increase interest rates, you saw what happens to the price of the 10-year T-bills that these banks are holding. And so now, I think that Powell probably isn't going to increase interest rates, or if he does, it's going to be 25 basis points. Why? Because A, the banks are breaking. B, the jobs numbers, the non-farm payrolls claims numbers were higher than expected, which is good. And then Biden says, he says he's confident that CPI is heading in the right direction. He says, I'm optimistic that CPI next week will be in solid shape. They usually warn us of this. Um, they usually warn us of this or, or, or leak this to us. And so I think that now what's going to happen is the banks, Powell is going to have to pull up the handbrake and say, stop, maybe even reduce interest rates and maybe even bail out the banks by printing more money. I think that we're seeing another 2008 moment. If they don't, if they don't get in now, if they don't get in now, then there's going to be a serious banking collapse in the, in the United States. And as I said to you guys before, the reason why Bitcoin was created was in the 2008 banking crisis because of the fact that people couldn't trust their money in the banks. Now, today, you're in exactly the same situation. You can't trust your money in the bank. So where do you put your money? You could put it in stable coins. The problem is that we saw what happened to the stable coins yesterday, or you, if unless you've been living under a rock. If you have been living under a rock, that's what the stable coins look like. USDC is now trading at 91 cents the dollar. Why? Because 
where do the stable coins put their money? The stable coins put their money into the bank. Circle, the stable coin manufacturer, the stable coin creator, the big regulated stable coin um, in the United States had 3.3%, 3.3 billion dollars in Silicon Valley Bank. Crazy. But it now shows you that the real place, the only place that you can be right now when this happens, the only place, your stable coins aren't safe. Your money in the bank is not safe. You need to be in a place where your money is safe. And right now, there's only really one place to go, and that's to go to, to uh, Bitcoin. And I think that what's going to happen here is that this bank will collapse. Many other banks will collapse. People will again lose trust in the banking system. The last time people lost trust in the banking system, they went, they created Bitcoin. Then Bitcoin had 12 years to mature, to grow, to get adoption, to get wallets, to get on-ramps, to get off-ramps, to get all the things we need to run Bitcoin, to get exchanges. And maybe in this banking crisis, Bitcoin actually comes into its own. And you, you kind of saw that last night. When USDC depegged, where did people run to? Look what happened. When USDC depegged, people went and put their money into Bitcoin. I'm going, to, I'm going to talk about that in a second. We're going to talk about the Bitcoin case in a second. Let's quickly just talk about the implications of, um, of, of what's going to happen next for Silicon Valley Bank. So the bank's closed. Uh, on Monday morning, if you are an individual, not a company, then you will get your FDIC insurance. In other words, your account is insured. Only individuals and only up until $250,000. So if you were an individual and you had money in Silicon Valley Bank, the FDIC, the insurance, will give you up to $250,000 in your bank. Great. But none of you banked with, with, with Silicon Valley Bank because only 2.7% of their depositors are individuals with less than $250,000. The rest, 97.3%, are not FDIC insured. This is the reality. And the problem is that some of the biggest funds, the, the biggest tech funds, the biggest crypto funds, the biggest crypto companies, all have their, 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 their treasuries sitting in Silicon Valley Bank, and they're not insured. Let me show you some examples. A16Z, 2.85 billion in that bank on May 6, 2022. Paradigm, which is another big fund, 1.72 billion on the 13th of January, 2023. Pantera, the big mighty Pantera fund, $560 million inside Silicon Valley Bank on February 3rd, 2023. You're starting to get, you're starting to understand that this is a collapse, not only of the bank, but when you wipe out these funds, these are the funds that are investing in tech. These are the funds that are investing in crypto. These are the funds that are the lifeblood of the American, uh, the American dream, the American um, uh, uh, tech. And these funds all have their money in Silicon Valley Bank. I mean, there's some good news. No, not really good news, but it's not all that bad. Why? Because the regulators actually stepped in very quickly. And because the regulators stepped in so quickly, 
they managed to stop the bank from selling these T-bills to try and pay obligations and said, okay, well, stop, stop. No more redemptions. And now the regulators are going to step in and probably in time, depositors are actually going to get a large sum of their money back. So it's like a, the Celsius or the Voyager situation. The truth is that depositors will actually get some of their money back. How much will they get back? Well, today we are hearing that, that depository claims are being offered at 70 to 80 cents in the dollar, which means that the market is already talking about 70 to 80 cents in the dollar. And the question is how long it will actually take to get that 70 or 80 or, or, or that 70 or 80 cents the dollar. So that's where we are now when it comes to Silicon Valley Bank. If you like that, if you like that segment, do me a favor, just smash the like button. Let's get let people know we have. It's a massive show. It's our biggest show of the year. I see there's 6,700 of you in 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 on the show today. So great to see you guys. If you're here, just say present, present, present. Glaslow, if you have say present. Nigel, say present. Johnny, Johnny Freedom, Johnny Freedom, say present. Yesterday, I was on uh, Mario Norfolk Spaces, and I'm going to be jumping on there again sometime today. But while I was on Mario Spaces, I said, look, I heard a rumor that USDC had money on Silvergate Bank. And at the time, I called my traders and I said, listen, get out of any USDC we've got, get out of USDC. And we managed to get out of about 60% of our USDC at one-to-one. We traded that last night. If you were on Mario Norfolk Spaces, you would have heard me say, trade out of your USDC because I suspect that Circle has exposure to Silicon Valley Bank. And then they confirmed it. They confirmed it quite late yesterday. What they confirmed, I actually tweeted out at Jeremy Allaire yesterday. And I said to him, Jeremy, this is, a, this is when, you, when you're supposed to tweet the number four. But he didn't. He tweeted the number four billion because they had 3.3 billion of their $40 billion in Silicon Valley Bank. So right now, you've got $40 billion market cap on USDC and $3.3 billion was actually in Silicon Valley Bank. Okay? So that's um, that was the, that's when the news started to break. Now, as soon as the news started to break, what you can see is that the, 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 the um, USDC lost its peg to the dollar or to tether. And you can see that it went all the way down to as low as 86 or 0.87, so 87 cents the dollar. Now, when that happened, I said, look, you, don't, you can't trust your stablecoin because you don't know which bank is going to collapse next. And you don't know whether your stablecoin holder has exposure to the banks that are going to collapse next. And so what I recommended to people was get out of your stablecoin and get into Bitcoin. And I see that some people actually took that advice because as the the um, as it started to collapse, as you can see, people started to put their money into Bitcoin. And actually, Bitcoin went up to 23,600 because people just wanted out of USDC into something else. They started to, to redeem it. Um, um, everyone started to redeem or to get out of USDC, the smart money. So things like Block Tower, Genesis, all decided to get out of USDC. The problem is that they started to deplete the pool of USDC. So if you look at, at Curve, which is a stable coin exchange, and you look at, um, at the USDT, there's 10 million USDT left here, and there's 336 million 
USDC, which means that people depleted all the USDT in this pool and basically said, look, we don't want USDC. We just want USDT. And they, basically, they started trading out of, of, um, of USDT, of USDC. The people that did it were the smart money. And then there was also like not so smart money that tried to do the same thing. In fact, there was one guy, a uh, guy, girl, I don't know who it is. Um, he did a trade. He shelled out 2 million to receive 5 cents because he didn't manage his slippage on uh, Uniswap. Literally, he traded $2 million and he received 5 cents. Crazy, but truth. So this is, this is actually what's happening. Other people also got caught in it. So you know the Voyager liquidator has been selling a whole lot of the Voyager assets? Well, the Voyager liquidator put, had their money in USDC and you can see that he's down $50 million in the bloodbath today. So imagine you're being this liquidator, you're liquidating, um, you liquidated $500 million in assets, you got it into USDC, and now you are $50 million down as a liquidator. That's, that's one of the implications. BlockFi had $227 million in Silicon Valley Bank. I mean, the hits just keep coming for BlockFi. All right, so look, this is where we're at. This is where we're at now. Right now, USDC is trading at about 0.91 to USDT. In fact, if you look at the Chainlink Oracle, which is 0.913. In fact, I think it probably is lower. Let me just refresh this so I don't give you guys fake information. Oh. So right now, it's trading at 0.913 to the dollar. You can also see that there is a major contagion to all the other stable coins. So if you look at um, BUSD, okay, it's like, let's just take one second here. Remember the regulators in the US try to protect us and um, they protected us by closing down BUSD because it was so unsafe because the SEC decided that they really needed to protect investors as per their mandate. And to do this, what did they do? They shut down BUSD. Well, let me tell you that BUSD is actually doing okay. It's trading at 0.997, which is a lot more than I can say for USDC, which is regulated in the mighty United States. You, but you can see that there's this, this, this contagion has been, has been hit to all the other stable coins. So if you look at Frax, it's trading at 0.9. The reason why this is happening is because these stable coins all hold USDC as part of their collateral. So Frax has over 80 or 90% in USDC, Ogre, DAI, all these other um, uh, stablecoins actually hold USDC as part of their collateral, as part of their reserves. And so as USDC depegged, well, so did all these other coins depeg. And right now, I mean, this is DAI. So if you look at DAI, the inside DAI, because you remember DAI is a collateralized stablecoin, 54% of the collateral in DAI is actually USDC. So obviously, if USDC depegs, then DAI is also going to depeg, and now it's at 0.91. So someone says this is bad. It is bad, but I'm actually going to show you what to do, and it's actually quite good. So bear with me. Let's just understand where we're at. The other part of the, the contagion is that some protocols are programmed 
to assume that one USDC equals one dollar. So things like like DYDX and other protocols, DeFi protocols, are programmed to assume that USDC always equals one, because that's how they write the code. And now, when USDC is not always equal to one, there's a big contagion that may be spreading to DeFi protocols. There are also liquidations that that, that can happen because remember some some people borrow against their, their USDT or USDC and and if the rate changes and you can you can actually get liquidated so it's a contagion it's it's a contagion so let's try and understand where to from here okay so let's let's just understand where to from here what what happens from here if you're holding USDC what should you do about it this is probably the most important part what should you do on the market right now well let's just understand where we're at so we know that 3.3 billion dollars out of the market cap of let me just quickly find the market cap here it is out of 39 billion let me just refresh this just in case it's wrong i would hate for it to be uh, to give you dated information from when we started the show all right so this the market cap right now of usdc is 39 billion we know that 3.3 billion is, let me make this bigger for you guys. We know that 3.3 billion out of the 39 billion, in other words, 8.46% of the money that that US that USDC has is right now in Silicon Valley Bank. That's 8.46% of the reserves. So theoretically, the peg should be around 91.54%. Plus, what we assume they're going to get back from Silicon Valley Bank. And I think they're going to get back at least 50%. So this peg should actually be around 95%. Okay. That is what the real value of USDC of USDC is. So if that's the case, then why is it trading below the 95? Why is it trading back at 0.9? Okay, I'll show you why. And by the way, if you want to trade this, you can trade this on Bybit. So Bybit, OKX, BitGet, all have a perpetual around USDC, USDT. And earlier on, when it went down to 83 and 85 and 87, I was actually trading this. I was actually buying up USDC at, at 87 and selling them back at 90 to the market. And we'll talk about that, what you can do at the end if you really want to degen. But the, the big question is that the market's very smart. And if the market is very smart, well, how do they not know that, how do they not why isn't it trading at 91.5 plus what we believe that Circle will get back from, from the Silicon Valley Bank when the time comes to actually get stuff back? I'll show you why. It's a very simple calculation. Let's understand the facts first. So 77% of Circle's reserve is managed by BlackRock. The balance is in spread around banks, and as we know, 8.25% is in was in Silicon or is in Silicon Valley Bank. We also know that they hold their money into one to four month T-bills. So they get their money back really quickly. They, they, they can liquidate pretty quickly. Okay, so we do know that. So this is they're quite good. We also know that Circle raised at a nine billion dollar valuation and they earn at least $1.5 billion in interest income from their treasury yields. So that's how stablecoin providers make money. You deposit money, you use the stablecoins, and then 
you you um uh, they earn the interest for providing you the service that's pretty much what happens now the question is what is circle going to do and there are a few options here if circle option number 1 circle continue to do redemptions in other words you can redeem 1 USDC for $1 with circle and I'll show you why that's a problem Option number two, they can stop redemptions and say, look, you can't redeem USDC. We're just going to stop USDC redemptions for a while until we recapitalize ourselves. So let's look at option number one. If they decide to continue redemptions, we are absolutely screwed. And I'm going to show you why. So I've, drawn, I've made this table for you. We know that $3.3 billion is stuck in Silicon Valley Bank. We know the total market cap is $39 billion, which means that 8.46% of the total supply is locked, is locked in Silicon Valley Bank. And therefore, the peg should be around 91.5 plus whatever you think they're going to get back from Silicon Valley Bank. If they continue to allow redemptions, and on Monday morning, another $10 billion gets redeemed, the problem is that the whole is still 3.3 billion. And then it's only going to be a market cap of 29 billion, which means that the peg is going to drop to 11.38%. Sorry, the, the, the hole is going to drop to 11.38%, which means the peg is going to drop down to 88.62. And if another $10 billion get redeemed, then the hole becomes 17.37%, which means the, the USDC coin continues to drop to 82.63%. And so it goes down. I mean, I'll show you what happens eventually. Eventually, it just goes to zero. So let's say that that um, five more get redeemed. There's only four billion left. Bang! All of a sudden, the whole the the value of the stablecoin becomes seventeen point five percent. So if they continue to do redemptions, they're screwed. As far as I understand, they've stopped doing redemptions right now, which is probably the right thing. Coinbase has stopped doing one-to-one -one transfers. Um, many others have stopped doing one-to-one -one transfers. I think that that's the right, I think that the stopping of the redemptions until they can get themselves out of this hole is, is, the, best, is the best solution to the problem. And the reason is because if they have $30 billion and they invest that $30 billion and they're making 3 or 4% a year, they can eventually fill this hole. They can eventually fill this hole. Problem is, if people start to redeem it, they can't fill the hole. And eventually, the last man to redeem is going to get no money back on his capital. And everyone else is as more and they, they're causing their own bank run. Now, remember, Circle has amazing uh, shareholders. The shareholders are people like Coinbase, BlackRock. Um, uh, who else, who else uh, is investors in Coinbase, in uh, Circle? Uh, Maybe find out first. Maybe find out. But let, let's, let's quickly find out. So that's option number one. Option number two is that they don't do redemptions anymore and they invest the money and they earn interest and that is interest is used to fund the whole. And because we know that they make $1.5 billion in annual interest income, we can reasonably assume that they're going to fill up that hole pretty quickly. So those are the options that are available. Um, I think that what's going to happen is they're going to come out with an announcement on Monday before the banks open, and they're going to tell us exactly what's happened. 
Now, they are, of course, dealing with regulators. So a lot of what they need to do must fall into U.S. regulation. And we also know that U.S. regulation is um, quite restrictive in what these companies can do. And I also don't think that the U.S. regulators want the, the crypto markets or the crypto stable. I don't think that crypto stable coins, saving, salvaging U.S. crypto stable coins is on top of the agenda. Um, is on top of the agenda for the U.S. regulators. I just don't think that, that that that's the case. All right, so what do we do? Well, I want to I want to remind you that this happened many times before to Tether. This is a Tether chart from 2017. I remember this happened to Tether in 2017. It went down to 89 cents, as you can see there. It recovered. It went down again here to 80 to 89 cents. It recovered. Tether's done this many times and it's it's recovered every single time. Now, most of the time when Tether, Tether recovered, it was when there was no other stablecoin. So we really had no choice. It was either, you, it was either use Tether or um, if either use Tether or get screwed, basically, because there was nothing else you could do or trade into Bitcoin, which is exactly what people are doing. They actually are trading into Bitcoin. You can see now Bitcoin's at 20,251. So let's, Let's now, I've given you guys a lot of info. Let's actually bring this info all into actionable insights, things that we can do right now. Because I know that a lot of you tuned in because you are holding USDC or you're holding altcoins and your altcoins are bleeding. And you want to know why are my altcoins bleeding? Why is Bitcoin getting a bit of a recovery and altcoins are bleeding? Now, to answer that question, people want to move into, people are scared of the banks. People want to, People are scared of the banks and they're also scared of stable coins. Why? Because stable coins are scared of the, are exposed to the banks. And the banks have proven themselves to be unreliable. And so people are thinking, we need to opt out of the system. And that is why what they're doing is they're opting into Bitcoin, which is exactly what you can do. The first thing that you can do is if you're holding USDC, is you can do nothing. You hold on to your USDC. You go with this thinking, which by the way, I agree. Dovey Wayne says, now is the worst time to unwind or swap your USDC. USDC holders and DeFi vault operators operate with USDC. Don't panic. The actual loss of Circle's 3.3 billion deposits will probably take a 25% haircut. That's a billion dollars, which can be covered by its 2022 income from $32 billion of T-bills. So option one is just hold and don't fall into this market panic. The market is panicking today. Hold your USDC, but keep an eye on the redemptions. And if you see that they do open redemptions and you realize that the whole remains at 3.3 billion and they are redeeming very quickly, then get out. But until then, there's no need to get out. We'll, I'll warn you on my Twitter, at CryptoManRun. Go to my Twitter, at CryptoManRun. I will warn you either here or on my Twitter if that happens. If I'm awake when that happens, I'll warn you that it's happening. So option number one, relax. The market has already priced in the USDC price. You can see the price is now stable at 0 0.9, 0 0.91, 0 0.92. So don't panic out of it now. I think that from here, it can only get better. I think it can only get better from here. So another option may be to do what Odessa has done and actually take a punt on USDT, on USDC, buy USDC. You can buy it on leverage. You can, if you want, I'm not saying you must. You can go to Bybit. There's a link below. If you sign up, you get 
$30,000 in, in bonuses, but you can actually trade USDC and USDT, which is amazing. So option number one, do nothing. Option number two, buy more USDC if you a degen. Option number three, you can trade out. If you trade out, you're taking a 10% loss. You know that. You need to know you're taking a 10% loss. If I were trading out at a 10% loss, I wouldn't be trading out into stables. I'd be trading out into Bitcoin because I think that more money is going to flow into Bitcoin and I don't know, maybe even ETH, but Bitcoin. ETH got a gas problem. Like now, I don't know if we can actually look at it anyway, but ETH is, is struggling with a gas problem now. Like the gas fees on ETH today, because everyone's trading in and out of stable coins, have again gone crazy, unusable. Um, what else is there that you can do? So you can panic. I don't think that's going to help. You can try and redeem your USDC through Circle if you're a big enough holder. You can try and do that, although I don't know how long it'll take you to get an account. You can swap to Bitcoin and ETH, or you can just hold your Bitcoin and, or you can just hold your USDC, which to be honest is what I'm doing with the remainder of my USDC. And if I look at the big traders, the big traders are borrowing USD and converting it to USDC because if USDC goes to zero, see, he's, he's saying he's going to make, he, he's punting that USDC will actually go back to, to, to its peg, which is, which is what I think is going to happen. Um, so that is, that is effectively what your options are. Uh, I'm staying in USDC for now because I think that when you've got a company that black, first of all, because I know that the hole is only 3.3 billion. Second of all, because I don't think that they're redeeming. As soon as they start redeeming, then I'm also going to run for the door, to be honest. I'll let you know when that happens, if that happens. If that happens, follow me on Twitter. We'll do it together. We can execute the trades together. Um, yeah, so that's that's pretty much what we can do. Now, I want to just, again, just quickly go through the silver lining here. Bitcoin was created in 2008 when people lost trust in the banks for exactly this reason. Because the Fed was irresponsible. Because the banks collapsed, people needed somewhere to put their money. Bitcoin then had 12 years to develop and mature and educate people and get people to use wallets and get analytics and get exchanges and whatever else. And here we are 12 years later with another financial crisis and it's the banks again. And I think that this financial crisis is gonna be the one that gets mass adoption into Bitcoin. And the last financial crisis is when Bitcoin was created and the next financial crisis, which is this one that is coming up right now, is the one where Bitcoin actually finds its, 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 its use. Um, so that's, that's, so, I mean, Elon actually tweeted, he said, you know, crypto is a scam, keep money in banks or banks are scam, keep money in crypto. I think, yeah, I mean, which one's more of a scam? I think Bitcoin's certainly not a scam. You can say that there's many altcoins that are a scam, but that's, that's the story. The other thing which I read, which is cool here is that if Tether actually has its reserves, which by the way, I think it does, it actually holds, it's more liquid and more solvent than any US bank right now. Just think about that. Think about the fact that if Tether has its reserves, it's actually more solvent than all of these banks, than all of these. And ironically, the reason why Tether has been so resilient with this is because it's the only stablecoin, the only of the, one of the major stablecoins that is not in the US regulatory or tax net. You get what I'm saying? Like, the reason why Circle collapsed was because it was in the US regulatory, regulatory tax net. Tether isn't. And that's why Tether is actually the only major stablecoin which is right now stable. 
which is crazy. And you remember that the same regulators that tried to shut down BUSD because they were protecting investors. The SEC shut down BUSD because they were protecting investors. <laughs> I mean, someone tweeted at Elon and said, you know, I know someone tweeted and said, hey, I think Twitter, I think Twitter should buy SVB and become a digital bank. And then Elon actually said, it's, I'm open to the idea. And I was like, oh my God, please, please, Elon, please, Elon, please, please don't do this. Anyway, so that's where we're at. We do have some time for Q&A. If you guys want to just ask questions, I'm here. A uh, few more minutes. Let's, let's, let's just also see, um, let me just log on to our research group and just see if there's, you know, while we've been live here, let's just see if, if anything's happened. Um, let's just have a look here and just see if there's anything that's happened. I mean, a lot of stuff is happening. Yeah, a lot of funds are gonna go are gonna go under because of this. Okay, here we go. I think I think there's something here about circle freezing redemptions. It's not over yet. Circle largely freezing redemptions. Let's quickly look at this. Circle largely freezing redemptions means the risk return of a long USDC is excellent since you don't have survivorship survivorship bias on people leaving the hole gets bigger. That's exactly what I said. The cross-chain bridges are not prepared. They are sending you 0.92 USDC, not one USDC from ETH, for instance. The best way to play the situation is to borrow and to use borrow lend platforms and lever up prudently to US to a 60% USDC breakage. Um, yeah, I mean I, it's complicated, but I think I agree with it. Um let's just see this. Someone says crazy, isn't it? I'm just looking at all my all the research groups. Okay. Wow. Let's just let's just hope that it bounces this time. We we wanna we wanna hope that that actually this time it bounces. This time it actually bounces. All right. Um what's more brilliant than the show is Ryan's presence. Thank you guys. Really appreciate it. It is a weekend, but here I am bringing you guys crypto love and crypto wisdom. Let's see what else there is. Oh yeah, Jed. Jed went up. The Cardano stablecoin, Jed went up to 105. Um when banter bank never we are bankless we are bankless we're not bankless bankless are our friends um what chart was that i'm scared to show it to you guys again so this is the bitcoin chart against usdc on the on march 10th of march 2020 COVID correction i mean how does that look that's what happened in COVID. i hope that this time it actually bounces off I hope it actually bounces off. People saying more Meltem. She was great. She was really great. Uh, it, yeah, it's amazing. It's it it was uh yeah, she was really, really good. She was really good yesterday. I I, I truly enjoyed her presence, I must say. Um what else is there? What else is there? Let's just have a look here and just read again. I'm just reading for you as they come on. Um if you're tempted to buy USDC at 90 or nine or nine five nine two eight five because they only have a 3.3 out of 40 billion exposure to SVB, keep in mind that if they continue processing redemptions on par on Monday, fair value remaining holders will drop. Bad money drives out good. You got to keep your eyes on that, guys. You got to keep your eyes on that. I think that right now they're not doing redemptions, and I hope they're not doing redemptions. 
but keep your eyes on that. That's where it gets uh, really interesting. That's where it gets really interesting. Need more Meltem. I agree. Need more Meltem. Need more Meltem in my life. She was amazing. If you didn't watch our show yesterday, go and watch our show. Uh, if you want to support the channel and if you want to trade like a DGEN, um, show you some ways that you can support this channel. We really, really, really work hard. If you want to trade like uh, to bring you this these week weekend streams. For, oh, whoa, whoa, stop. Hold the phone. If you want to sign up for Sniper School, which is opening up, the next cohort of Sniper School is opening up. I completely forgot about this because of everything that was going on. There is a link here. Click this link and you will get, you could get into Sniper School. Um, this is the early access link into Sniper School. Now, it's very, very, very limited. So um, uh, do go there now and you can get into Sniper School. It's absolutely free. You don't pay anything. If you want to support the show, you want to get up to 30,300, just open a trading account on Bybit. You can do the same thing on OKX. You can do the same thing on BitGet. You can trade. You can even trade USDC, USDT, uh, which I never thought I'd ever tell my community to be, to be trading. But I mean, here we are. You can support any one of our sponsors, Tap Global, Deribit, et cetera. But, um, or you can even join us at Bitcoin 2023 in Miami. We're going to be there. We're going to be running. A, we're going to have a huge party, a banter party. So you can do that. There's a link over here. So here I am on the weekend bringing you good content. You can do the same. You can support the channel uh, in any way you, that you like. Um, I will be here again. I don't think I'm going to be here tomorrow unless something happens. I'll probably be here again on Monday. Until then, guys, stay safe. Trade well. We've got a big week ahead of us. I'll be here with you as it unfolds. If I'm not here, it's going to be on my Twitter, at uh, CryptoManRun. We'll be in this together. We'll do it. If you want Miami tickets, go and click them over there. Otherwise, I will see you guys again on Monday. Until then, stay safe and trade well, my friends.